Good morning. <clears throat> As a uh, this morning, I'd like to talk about uh, a, a biblical example of a person in the Bible. You know, there are uh, many people in the Bible that we can draw on to as uh, great biblical examples. Uh, the greatest of which is uh, Jesus Christ. But we can also uh, find some good examples of other men in this in the Bible. Uh, but we have to remember that these are not, you know, perfect men with the exception of Jesus Christ. That's right. But there are still things that we can learn from them and uh, grow in learning from them. And uh, the one that uh, was on my mind this week to study is uh, King Asa. Uh, king Asa was a, a king, was the, the third king of Judah after uh, he's, he's the great-grandson of uh, Solomon. So King Solomon, after, you know, he had uh, caused Israel to go after uh, false gods. He had built all these temples to worship uh, different gods and different idols. And uh, God had split the kingdom between the, there was a kingdom separate of Israel and then there was the kingdom of Judah. And uh, Asa was the third king of that kingdom. So uh, that, that's, who, that's who King Asa is. And I'll be in the 14th chapter of uh, Second Chronicles. <clears throat> and uh, I'll start in verse 2. So Abijah uh, slept with his father, Asa's father, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days uh, the land was quiet, ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. So Asa, just from the, the moment that we're introduced to him, we're shown uh, what his character was, mm-hmm. where his intentions and where his uh, efforts truly lied. And that was when pleasing God. Um, which is a, makes him, I believe, you know, a very good example of what to look at here. <laughs> and it's important to look at what Asa did at the beginning of his reign. The very first thing that he did is in verse 3, it says, For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places, and break down the images and cut down the groves, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandments. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet uh, before him. So, you know, before, uh, b- before Asa even came on the scene, you know, they, there was rest uh, during that time when he first entered. But I believe they did not uh, have true, uh, true peace, true peace from God. And I think Asa saw that, and he identified a problem that they had, and that was that they were still worshiping and seeking these strange gods and strange idols. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's important. You know, sometimes I think you know when we we think that you know we have peace and rest, I think it's important to really consider if, if you truly do. Uh, true peace from uh, from God and from Christ is very is very different. Uh, Jesus even tells them in the 14th chapter of John the the peace He gives. It's very different from the peace of, from uh, the peace of the world, and I think uh, Asa knew that that they did not have true peace. They didn't have true rest, and he identified uh, that their problem was because that they had you know had sought after strange gods and strange idols, and they had not uh, taken them down. And uh, and for that, he was given rest. He had uh, peace and rest during that time. And it's important to look at, too, another thing we can draw on is what he did while he had that rest. It says in the verse 6, And he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest. 
And he had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said unto Judah, Let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers, gates and bars, while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him, and he hath given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. You know, he didn't just stop there after uh, they, he had brought back worship, after he had cast down idols, and they had rest. He said, we're going to take it a little step further. We're going to strengthen ourselves. Right. We're going to grow, and we're going to prosper. Uh, I think you can kind of see where, uh, where I'm going with this, is that, you know, I think it's important that if you don't have peace in your life, you don't have rest in your life, to... Just like Asa did, examine yourself. Look at, you know, is there is there an idol or something in your life that you haven't destroyed, you haven't taken out? And uh, just like Asa did, when he took those out, he was given rest, and he didn't stop there. Uh, you know, I think it's important, you know, whenever, just like in these days during wartime, when you had rest, it was important that you didn't just lay on the couch and prop your feet up and just, you know, just enjoy it. I mean, you did enjoy it, but Asa knew that there would be a time that they had to go to battle. And just like with us, when we have rest, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have another battle, that we're not going to have another a struggle, another, you know, something come up in our lives. It's important that we, just like here, we strengthen our walls, that we, uh, Amen. and the Lord will help us to cause us to prosper in doing so. And, uh, and just, and, and as I said, that, you know, Asa knew a battle was coming. One did come, not just long after that. Uh, in verse 8, it says, And Asa had an army of men that bare targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000 out of Benjamin that bare shields and drew bows, 204,000. So he had a little over 500,000 soldiers at his command. Well, in verse 9, uh, there came out against him an army of Ethiopians. And it says that it was a host of a thousand, a thousand. So you times a thousand by a thousand. That's a million soldiers against just a little bit over 500,000. That, that's not very good odds. That's not very good at all. You know, it doesn't take you know a, a brilliant man to see that uh, that 500,000 versus a million, you're probably going to lose. You're not going to win. But uh, I, I think because of Asa and the people of Judah that they had strengthened themselves, not just physically and prepared for war, but spiritually, I, I think that made a, a huge difference. And in the war, in verse 11, it says that Asa cried unto the Lord his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. And the, the Lord smote them. Three mm -hmm. after that, the Lord, uh, he heard Asa's prayer, and he smote them. He took down his enemies. And uh, again, they were given rest because of that. Uh, I, I think it's just, you know, there's... A, a great many things we can learn from Asa in the beginning of his life. And even uh, in the next chapter, you can even read about how zealous he was about this and serious he was about getting rid of these idols and images they worshipped. That he removed his own mother from being queen. Because <laughs> he had found out that she had secretly made this image that she was worshipping. And uh, Asa was so passionate about that that he removed his own mother from being queen because of it and destroyed that image. Uh, you know, sometimes I wish that, you know, I say I, I say I wish, you know, that the images that I have in my life were, you know, don't you wish it was that simple that you could just take it outside and just burn it or something, you know, and just break it and destroy it and just be done with it. 
And uh, but a lot of times it, it is that simple. But we've just, we've become a you know where we really just don't want to. That's right. That's I mean, right. Uh, <clears throat> my my cell phone can even like I've said a you know, hundred times it can become an idol and a and for a lot of people it does. You know, sometimes whenever me and my wife go out to eat, we'll see, you know, just entire families where they're just, every one of them are on their cell phones, not even talking to one another, or a, a couple on a date that's, you know, just texting the whole time. I always wonder if they're texting each other. But, uh, you know, it's just, it, I, I know, you know, sometimes we, we like to make excuses and think that, well, what do I do? What do I, how can I get rid of this? But I think just like with Asa uh, and destroying it, you can destroy it. And I'm not telling you to destroy your cell phone. But I'm telling you that you can't. That there are, you know, things that you can do to put distance between yourself and it. There are things that you can do to ensure that it doesn't come between you and worshiping God, because that's what an image is, or uh, an idol. It, it's anything that takes away from, that takes precedent over you worshiping God. Uh, so it's important, just like with Asa, uh, to identify what those are, and to to work to work through them and make sure that uh, that you that you uh, Put distance between those, mm-hmm. and put your soul focus on God, just like just like Asa did. And because of that, it's not just going to do nothing for you. I think just like with Asa, it gives you true peace, right. a true peace that it's in, that, that nothing in the world can give you, that nothing that nothing will give you outside of God. Amen. Uh, and I, I, you know, I said earlier that <laughs> you know, men in the Bible, they're not perfect, and Asa was not immune to that either. And uh, later on in his life, Asa, Asa, uh, very, very sadly, uh, towards the end of his life, he he quit calling on the Lord. He quit seeking on Him to uh, to be of comfort to him and to help him in his times of need. And uh, for that, uh, for that, he you know he he paid the a dear price for that. Um, it says in verse seven that uh, a seer came unto him. He, that he, another war had uh, come to Asa. And instead of calling on the Lord to help him, he called on the help of another nation. You know, when we think about that, you know, that, that's pretty good strategy, right? But not when, you know, just a chapter before, God had helped him vanquish uh, a million men versus five hundred thousand. You know, you you would think you you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why would you switch it up? But uh, but he did. And uh, so a seer had uh, came to King Asa and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria. And I relied on the Lord thy God. Therefore the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hands. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. He, he no longer had peace. His peace was gone from him. And it wasn't because of anything that God had done. It was because he simply had just quit seeking him. He had uh, started to rely on men uh, rather than on God, which is a very easy thing to get into. And, uh, and in the very next verse, you know, this doesn't sound like the same King Asa from previously because it, it says in the next verse that he was wroth with that seer and he put him in prison for saying that. Uh, you know, he, he told him what he didn't want to hear. So he cast him in prison for it, and uh, very foolishly. And uh, it says in the 39th year of his reign that uh, he was diseased in his feet, and uh, his disease was exceeding great, yet in his disease he sought not the Lord, but to the physicians. 
uh, you know, I thought it was kind of ironic that he had a disease in his feet after that he had quit minding, you know, the path that he walked. There's a dad joke in there somewhere, but I just thought that was, you know, pretty interesting that that's the disease that was wrought on him was in his feet. Uh, so, you know, my, my whole point with all this is that, you know, that, you know, if if we're without peace, if you're without peace, I think it's important to examine yourselves, you know, and see what your idols are. If there's anything that, you know, that you put a, above worshiping God that you would, that you could not live without, I think it's important to to examine that and look at it. And if it's impacting your relationship with God, to make some decisions with that. Amen. And uh, and it's important that once you have that peace, that you don't just stop there, but that you strengthen your walls, that you uh, grow stronger. And uh, I think th- because of that, you will prosper. Uh, <coughs> and uh, you know, and and that through that, in your infirmities, to uh, call on the Lord, and be careful of the paths that we walk, because a uh, true peace cannot be attained. Outside of the Lord. Thank you. Oh, that's wonderfully said. I'm greatly rejoiced in that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good Bible examples that the examples never do grow old. Ace's example is not an outdated example, it is very uh, pertinent for today. And I enjoy that. I, you know, I, I like to read about those those good kings. They they do encourage you, uh, <clears throat> and you do see that they they still stumble and fall. But you do see the results of their stumbling and falling. You know, we we have a tendency to think that our stumbling and falling doesn't really bother anything, doesn't hurt our lives, but it does. It does. They're, they're you know when <laughs> when God. Uh, removes himself from an individual or a country. Job says, if God hides his face from a nation or from a man, who can be holding? You know, and, and it's, it's not this good for us to understand as to the, the chaos and lack of rest we have in our nation. That's in the, It's also in the world. I mean, and there's a reason for all that. But God's not the reason. The reason is us. Uh, the reason goes back to the sinners, goes back to, to individuals who, who stray and enjoy the stray and then never come back. And so there's a, and there's a reason for that. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful for what Brother Cole said. It's a good introduction into to my discourse this morning, which follows along the same lines. And we didn't call each other, even though we kind of got the same shirt on too, but... Didn't call each other. Didn't set this up. <clears throat> but my my uh, my scripture, and, and go ahead and say, don't don't please don't cast any stones this morning if you're a female. All right. Well, this is my scripture. This is my text. I find more bitter than death the woman. That, that that's in the Bible, y'all. I find more bitter than death the woman. Now, Solomon wrote that. <clears throat> now he's not talking about good women, y'all. That's don't don't do not get me wrong. He's not talking about not talking about godly women. In fact, the what the what the scriptures uh, are contained in this is a is a system. She represents a system of beliefs and practices. 
that we're going to find in the, in the Bible. That, that the Bible will open up to us and, and lay out a danger to us. It also lays out the remedy against that danger. God never does gives us warnings without telling us what to do to avoid the woman. Because your life can become more bitter than death. That, that people's lives can be in such a state of disarray and lack of peace that they, 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 they stop and they look at the, their lives and they say, how did I get here? I'm going to tell you how they got there. They met with a woman along the way and they followed her. Again, she has a system of beliefs. She has a system of practices. And she tells us just exactly what we want to hear about ourselves. And, uh, and, 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 the, and the Bible warns us very specifically about her ways. She is cunning, but she's beautiful. She has all the allurements to bring everybody into the very, what Solomon says, the very uh, pits of hell, of judgment. Now that's having a life that's more bitter than death. I find more bitter than death than woman. <clears throat> In whose heart there are snares and nets, and her hands are bands, that is, things to bind with. Then it says, this is in the seventh chapter of Ecclesiastes, by the way. Whosoever pleaseth God shall escape her. No, that is the only exception. There are no other exceptions besides that one. Either you are pleasing God or you are listening to the woman. There, there are two women that I'm going to talk about this morning. One is the woman of wisdom that comes from God. And one is the woman of this world that attracts us and tells us everything we want to know about ourselves. Everything that, that we need to know about ourselves. And how beautifully she looks to us. And, and, the, and the Bible gets pretty darn clear, you know, with this picture. So... Bear with me, and it, it, it's, it's, it, it is, uh, <clears throat> it's one that I think that most people don't know exists. Because nobody tells you this. I mean, you know, nobody, and maybe you don't even tell your children this. You ever, you ever warn your children of that woman? You know, of a system of beliefs and practices that are contrary to God. They're absolutely contrary to God. Only the man that pleases God is going to escape this woman. It is the only way you're going to escape her. But the sinner shall be taken by her. Now, let's get to know her a little bit. Let's, let's find out a little bit about the, this woman. All right, let's go to the, <clears throat> to the book of Proverbs. To the book of Proverbs, let's go to the <clears throat> to the fourth chapter. All right, in the in the uh, no fifth chapter. I'm sorry, let's go to the fifth chapter. 
Third verse. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. She's going to tell you just exactly what you want here. It's going to be sweet at the beginning. She's going to, she, her, her, her words are going to allure to something. And that's how Satan is, you know. Don't, don't think Satan doesn't know what you love and lust. Like Brother Cole said, whatever you covet. You know, that is the Bible definition of idolatry. <clears throat> Paul says, do not covet, which is idolatry. So whatever we covet, Satan's going to say, that is yours and he comes in an allurement. He comes just like this woman. This is a system, again, of practices and beliefs, of ideals that will absolutely contradict the Word of God. And they'll do it every time. She doesn't care. You know, Satan has no allegiance with God. This woman has no allegiance at all with our Lord, has no allegiance with the church. I mean, if, if, if this woman had her way, there would be nobody to meet at Buffalo Church nor there be any other of the churches around. If this woman had her way, she's going to tell you exactly what you want to hear about yourself. And you're going to say, sure, that sounds good. And she uses religion, and God, and God puts that in her. She uses religion. She uses God. Satan did. Remember how Satan tempted our Lord Jesus Christ in the, uh, in the mountain? Remember he said... Uh, is it written as it is written? He told the Lord, as it is written, that God shall give the angels authority over you. So just go ahead and cast yourself down, Lord, off this pinnacle. Because it's written, God's going to give his angels charge over you that they're going to bear you up on their wings, lest thou even dash thy foot against a stone. Did he misquote it? Not at all. He got it right. Satan gets the scriptures right. He, he, he'll pull a scripture out and he'll misapply that scripture even trying to tempt your Savior. And the Lord says, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou shalt not tempt God. <clears throat> so the words are smooth. They're like, they're like butter. They're like a honeycomb. They're sweet. They're sweet. <clears throat> But her end, or the result of her, is bitter as wormwood. She's as sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. And that's the kind of life that she will lead you to if you listen to her. Now, you may be worldly happy. You may have a lot of things. You may have all sorts of things. But Jesus Christ says that a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. That's why he said, beware of covetousness. Because this woman will have us to covet things above God. Because we are to covet God. That's in the scriptures. In fact, you're to covet the best gifts, Paul said. But you know the one that you covet more than anything? is charity. Which is the love of God in action. All right, lest thou ponder, let uh, <clears throat> her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell, lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life. She does not want you to ponder the path of life. <clears throat> her ways are movable. She is ever-changing. That is, when she sees she's unsuccessful in one way, 
Why, she just changes to another thing. She has no allegiance to God again. You know, and, and, and God is unmovable. God is unchanging. Remember in the, in the book of Hebrews, we talk about our kingdom, the church kingdom on this earth. Uh, that that we, have, we have a kingdom, Paul says, that is unmovable. Now, this woman is movable. She'll, she'll fix herself to any device so as to allure you in. She don't settle on anything unless she's successful. <laughs> well, if she's successful, then why change? So, so the writer says she, she just moves all over the place. She's here. She's there. If she can't get you here, she's going to try to get you here. Lest thou ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, that thou canst not know them. Hear me now, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh unto the doors of her house. Because once you get to the, door, once you get to the doors of her house, it's going to be hard for you to turn away. Now, Let's, look, let's go to the doors of her house. You know, the Bible just kind of keeps playing this thing out for us. Let's go to the doors of her house in the seventh chapter of Proverbs. And here we get to know a little deeper of the ways of this woman. <clears throat> Solomon says, "For this is seven and six, for at the window of my house I look through my casement. I'm looking out the window, all right? And I'm beholding things. And I beheld the simple ones. I discerned among the youth, a young man who is void of understanding, passing through the streets near her corner. And he went the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. Most things, friends, happen at nighttime, does it not? I mean, you know, the old saying is, uh, if, you're, if you're in bed, asleep, you're probably not outside doing something you shouldn't be doing. Because in the night season, which, which Christ says particularly about, about the flesh, about, about men, that, 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 uh, you know, that, they are, that, that men love darkness rather than light. We have a natural attraction to this woman. We have a natural attraction to go to her house and to listen to what she has to say to me, what she says to me. All right? So it's at night time. Behold, there met him a woman with the attire of a harlot. She is very subtle of heart. Subtle of heart. She's loud and stubborn. That is, she don't mind raising her voice to make her voice heard. I mean, and, and this, this, type of, this type of wisdom you see all over the place now. It, you know, folks just, <laughs> you know, that, that have a, that, that's a part of this, of this type woman here. They don't mind their voices to be heard. She's stubborn. She's clamorous in another scripture. She's loud-mouthed because she wants to be heard. She wants her opinion out there even though her opinion might contradict and does contradict the Word of God, but she wants it heard. She does not stop. She is a determined beast, and Satan is a determined beast. I mean, it, this, this is a... This is a woman that, that I think we can look back on now and say she's got a grip on this nation. She, she's got a grip on churches. She's got a grip on a lot of things 
that we never thought she even come up to us because she tells us what we want to hear. She will line it with some words of God. She will line it with a little religion and we'll say, well, surely if God's name is attached to it, it's got to be okay. Does it contradict the scriptures? You say, well, sure it does. But if somebody important enough says it, if somebody important enough in this world, high enough in authority, repeats the words that she says, surely they're okay. And we have to watch it because not only is this, is this system out there, <coughs> we might become her. That is, we might tell other people things that we know are not right according to God's Word. We, might, we may actually be the ones who play the role of the harlot and say, it's okay. It won't hurt you to do this. God won't ever know. God won't ever know or God don't care. You know, that's, that's a good one that people say, God, you know, God cares about everything. <laughs> now, God's merciful. Thank, thank God He is merciful. Uh, God is compassionate. God is long-suffering. God is forgiving. But God is also just. God has a righteous wrath and a righteous anger. God has a righteous judgment that He can pass on any of us and we could not argue with Him. We could not argue with Him. Now, we don't want to be that woman. We don't want to be the one to tell somebody something that's contradictory to God's Word. But let's, let's not play the role of that harlot. Because she, she is a destructive lady. And I find more bitter than death this woman. Listen, I have listened to her before. I'm speaking from experience. This, this is not, you know, I, I, like, like Brother Cole said, these, these are, other than Jesus Christ, everybody on this earth is a sinner and has the tendency to listen to somebody that tells them something, what they want to hear, because it sounds good to them and it frees them up from a conscience toward God, from worshiping God, from being, uh, from being a, 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 a Christ-like individual. Because that doesn't really get you anywhere in life, does it? You know, the, the Lord Jesus Christ was not popular in the eyes of the world. And he didn't mean to be. That was not his intentions and designs. In fact, he's right the opposite. But this lady will say, if you're going to please and be in this world and be happy, she'll tell you, you've got to please this kind of people. You got to look good in their eyes. Whatever it takes to get there, you get there because they're the ones going to be the ones going to raise you up and make you feel good about yourself. And the sinner says, Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. If there's advantage in it, sounds good to me. Not knowing, not knowing that you're on a decline. All right, <clears throat> let's, let's get to know her a little bit more. Now she is without, now in the street, she lies in wait at every corner. This is just not in one corner of life. She's in all corners that you walk around. So she caught him. First thing she did is she kissed him. And he tasted the sweetness of her mouth. Which is different than Solomon writing in the book of Solomon concerning the kisses of the Lord. 
Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for his love is better than wine. This kiss is a kiss of death. That's the first thing she does, is embrace and kiss, and you taste the sweetness of the honeycomb. And that makes you want more. And with an impudent face, and that word impudent means that she has no boundaries. She's bold. Um, I think the modern definition is that she is saucy. You know, she, she's pretty, pretty brazen. She's immodest. And after she kisses, she goes right to the word of God or right to religion. First thing she's going to introduce to you is that I'm, I'm a religious person. That's what she says. First thing she says after the kiss. <clears throat> and with an impudent face, she said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. In other words, I've made my offerings of peace with God. This is all okay. This is all okay. And this day I have paid my vows to God. I, in other words, I know some religion. You know, because if she can get us to believe that God is so careless and indifferent about us and this woman, she's done her part. She has done her part. Now, if somebody come up to you and said, by the name of Satan, I'm going to talk to you today, how many of you would say, well, tell me more? Nobody really would. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to listen to anybody say, you know, by the name of somebody. Somebody said, <clears throat> I've been praying about this, and God has told me this that I need to tell you. <clears throat> and that God has said, you know what? It, uh, it's okay for two women to be together. That's what God has told me. It's, that's okay. I prayed about it, and that's my answer. God has told me that it's okay, that, that love is love. If two men want to be together or two women want to be together, love is love, and, and, and God is love, and God is that kind of love too, and, and, and God's going to be okay if, uh, if, if, if we have a relationship together. And she may even quote your scripture. Oh, God is love. She's not bad. No, she's not wrong at that, is she? God is love. God's not that kind of love. No. He's not that kind of love. But she will use enough of the word of God so as to make you interested after she has kissed you the first time. And you think, hmm, I want to hear more. She's got religion. And what she's kissed me with was sweet. Kind of, kind of plays to what I like. So let's go on. Remember, while ago it says, keep yourself from her door. Don't you go to her door. Once you go in the house, it is hard to ever come out. Hard to ever come out. All right. <clears throat> I paid my vows to God. I have my peace offerings with God. He's okay with this. Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face. I want to know you. And I have found thee. 
You're the one I want to talk to. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with the carved works and the fine linen of Egypt. Everything looks good in here. You know, it's not an ugly place. This, this is not, this, this is not a, <laughs> it's not a trashy joint. All right, it's not the house of the rising sun. The old song. It, it's, it's not, uh, it's not a place like that. This, this is, this looks good. You know, they got linen of Egypt. I got these tapestries hanging about. Everything looks good to you. I've decked it for you. You're who I after now. I perfumed my bed with myrrh and aloes and cinnamon. There's a good smell in here. Come. Let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with love. For the goodman is not at home. She's going to make you feel safe about it. Nobody's going to know about this. You do this, this is, this, is, this is just kind of between us. The good man is not at home. He's going on a long journey. She may tell you that God doesn't care about this. He hath taken a bag of money with him. He will come home at a day appointed. And with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him by words. He goeth after her straightway, and just like an ox goes to the slaughter. In other words, he is <laughs> he's tasted. He said, Okay, I'll give in. This this is what this sounds good to me. Or as a fool to the correction of the stocks, till a dart strikes through his liver, as a bird hasteneth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. She means to take your life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thy heart decline. It is a decline. Anytime you follow this woman, it is a decline for you. And that just means going down. You're going down. Let not your heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she hath cast down many wounded. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell. Going down to the chambers of death. Doesn't sound much like the result of it is good. Now... This woman is a, again, she has a means, she is a, she has a way, she, she has ideals, she has instructions. She is a, she's a force to be reckoned with. And she can make your life more bitter than death. She has a lot to offer us. She says to the, listen, what she says is she get the right people to repeat it, including us. Including us. She can say to the, to the pro-choice abortionist, she can say this, you have a right over your own body. That's your body. And if you don't want that baby, you get rid of that baby. Well, <clears throat> the, the, the pro-choice uh, feminist says, that sounds good to me. That sounds good to me because I'm not ready to be a mama. I'm not ready to be a mama. I'm too young to be a mama. Uh, and and uh, there's a clinic over here that this woman has convinced the United States government that this is okay. Our whole Supreme Court made a decision in 1973 that this is okay. Oh, she whispered to them. She kissed them. They said, okay, let's enter into our chamber. Let's lie with her. This is the bed that we laid in and we're still laying in it today. All right, she says, 
There's a clinic. Funded by your tax dollars, by the way. That, that will go over here and, 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 and take care of this matter. Now, the Bible says that you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in them. You, you all understand that. So if this woman right here who is going to take the life of her baby has no regrets for this, she goes and does it and brags about it. At that time, she don't have eternal life. She doesn't. I mean, she's not born of God. How can she be? The Bible says she's not. No murderer hath eternal life abiding in them. Now, murder is something you can do with no remorse. Taking the life of, an, of a child with remorse is different. And people will be coached to do that. But a murderer can do it and then not bother her at all. I remember listening to a woman bragging on two abortions that she had. Bragging, boasting that she got the care she needed. Care she needed. I was well taken care of. And I had two abortions. And then me and my, my husband and I decided we want to start a family. So we had, we had a baby at our own time. Those other two, those other two were, 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 were you know, they, they just was, we sacrificed them. <laughs> you know, basically we sacrificed them. So, so you know that no murderer hath any eternal life abiding in him. Now what they do not tell you, what your, what your elected officials, what the psychiatrists, what the psychologists, what everybody else does not tell you is the end of this. Okay, you take a, you take a woman uh, who does this, all right, she goes, she has a couple abortions, don't bother her one bit. Later down in life, she is, she is strolling along in a subdivision with a nice house. She's got a husband, and she's pushing her new baby along. And the next thing you know, she is born of God just like that. And that's how this happens. She is quickened by the Spirit of God. Now she has eternal life because she is one of God's elect. Now you say, well, why would God do why would God do that? What would keep her? Why did not God keep her from killing that baby? He did by the law. The law says, Thou shalt not kill. She broke the law because somebody told her it's okay. She broke God's law. You can't do that. She did twice. Now she's pushing her little baby down a down a stroller or down a street in a nice stroller, and the word and God's quickening voice comes just like that. She immediately goes inside. She feels guilty. Now she knows that she has taken the life of two babies, and that she don't know why in the world she can't get over this depression. Why can't I get over this depression? She says. Her husband comes in, finds her crying in the corner of her room. What's wrong with you, honey? I killed two children. No, you didn't. They're not viable beings. Oh, yes, they are. She says. I know better now. She can't take that back. Don't you see? She cannot take that back. The only thing that would have kept her from doing that was the very law of God itself that now He has written in her heart. So He's put this law right in her heart. Now, I want to know where all the politicians are when she's in the corner crying with depression and she goes to the doctor and the only thing they do is put her on medication. Let's make her not feel anything. That, that is your system. That is the woman. That is a part of this woman. This is what she does. And now, now this poor woman's life is going to be hell for the rest of her life. She's going to be in and out of depression. She's going to be in and off, in, off and on medication. Where is everybody now who says pro-choice? Where are all these people who care about her so much who want to give her that choice? But when God quickens her and the guilt of that comes into her, where are those people now to preach to her Jesus? Probably nowhere. 
She may not ever hear the name of Jesus. She may never go to a church. She may have never been brought up in that way. She may just be struggling with medication and depression and anxiety all the days of her life. Her life is bitter, more bitter than death. She has to live with the guilt of killing two people. Where are the people now who have pushed this? And the woman sits back and laughs. I got another one. Here's another one of God's children. You, you see how deceptive she is. She is extremely deceiving. She says, okay. Listen, we can apply this to all sorts of stuff. We can, we can apply it to, 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 to adultery. You know, uh, she'll, say, she'll say to a man, listen, your wife will never find out if you sleep with this woman. She's never going to find out. Look at her. She likes you. You know, you're, you've hit that middle age mark. You've hit that middle age mark. She makes you feel pretty good. She's kind of young. She don't care you're married. You know, she doesn't care. Because she's listened to the woman too. You know, she's, she's heard the same thing. She's gladly received it. Next thing you know, a man is, 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 is lying with a woman that is not his wife. And isn't it funny how the Word of God always, always, speaks truth. Your sins will find you out. She tells somebody. She tells somebody. Well, next thing you know, your wife is coming up to you and say, I heard a rumor. And then you're and then here goes your bitter life. More bitter than death. You've got to live with this for the rest of your life. And you and you may lose your wife. She may take your kids. We can, we can apply it to fornication. You know, there, there's a, a, a... In the United States of America, apparently, or in you know, all other nations, the Word of God doesn't mean anything. That only in marriage is the bed undefiled. That's it. That is it. And anybody who takes the bed like they're married and they're in an unmarried state has listened to the woman, the wrong one. And for the rest of their life, for the rest of their life, they're going to pay for these things. Hey, listen, we are paying. We are going to pay for these things. You say, I'm not going to help. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that your life is on a decline as long as you are listening to this woman. And she is a teacher. She's in your schools now. She is in your schools. Now she teaches transgenderism. She says that a boy don't have to be a boy. He can make his mind up to be a girl. And then he has an operation. He has an operation. And again, the same thing happens to him. Later in life, the Lord visits him. Now he is, he is affixed to this tragedy and his life is more bitter than death. He can never undo what he has done. Folks, she is an evil woman. She is a way to seduce and to get us all. And as long as she offers us, you say, that don't happen to me. I'm not that kind of person. Yes, we are all that kind of person. We can, she can get us the same way she gets them. She might not get you the same things. But she knows what it is to, take, to get you. She knows what it is to get me. She's pretty clever. She dresses up just for you. 
Her words are sweet to you. She is a constant source of entertainment nowadays. Listen, she has a pipeline into your home called the television. I mean, just instant access to all of these young children. She's on your phones. She's she's pornography. You say, it doesn't hurt to look as long as I don't touch. Yes, it does. You are wounding your soul. You are wounding yourself with 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 uh, the depths of such wounds that it's going to be hard for you to ever heal. So many people are addicted to something that should be between a man and a wife in their bedroom, and that's it. And they can actually watch stuff like this. And God's children. This is what the woman says. Everybody else is doing it. Listen, Bible says, "Do not follow the multitudes to do evil." If, if uh, you know, you always heard saying, if 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 so and so walked off the edge of a cliff, are you gonna follow him? You say, no, I'm not gonna follow him. Don't follow this woman. <laughs> Don't follow the multitudes because everybody's doing it and they seem to be okay with it. That does not mean that they are okay, nor does it mean that you're gonna be okay too. She is a conniving woman. She's very subtle. Very subtle. <clears throat> we can again we can apply this to, to any she contradicts the word of God always. She's also she also contradicts God's doctrine. Now listen, she whispers to, to God's people in religion. She uh <laughs> and 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 I've got to get to the remedy. <laughs> I don't leave you like this. All right, this uh, let's let's uh just this uh, you know if, if we can just leave her in that kind of serious... Listen, but she's more than that. She is more than that. She has, she has convinced... She's been convincing people for years that life is not about God first, but it's about you first. You. This is your life. And your life is yours to do with what you want to and God's going to get in your way. Because the Son of God says things that that are piercing to us. And, and, and listen, it's taken her a while. It, is, it has taken her a while to get <clears throat> to, the, to the point where, where true religion and the true gospel church is hardly even known by people. It's hardly known by anybody. Most folks have no idea what the primitive Baptist is. She's to the point too where she has she has taken people where, where folks you know used to <clears throat> the church was not a question on Sunday morning if you're going to get your children up and they're going to go to church. My mama my mama had no options. Carl Mansfield and Irene didn't say. Kara, you want to get up and go this morning. If you don't, that's fine. It's get up and go. That's what I got. And I'm grateful for that. There was a time when there was something called Sunday Law. I don't remember it. Paul Blair does. In Mississippi, he said, Brother Kevin, I was a young, I was like a teenager. He said, there was something called Sunday Law where 
when everybody agrees, they're not going to be open. Because it's the Lord's Day. It is, and there's a reason why it's called the Lord's Day. It's because it's His day. There's one day a week. One day a week that God says, you are to worship me on this day. Somehow or another, she has convinced us that this is just another day. The rivers are full of boats. I went by the other day on a Sunday, drove one, uh, one Sunday across the bridge going to Jackson to preach. I've never seen like the people. A lot more there. Somehow or another, she's convinced us that this is just another day. It's not. She's convinced women, I mean, she, she's convinced us to let our kids go to spring break at Panama City. How many think that's a good idea? You ever seen the pictures or something like that? Spring break in Panama City. And your kid says, I want to go. Sure. Sure. Go on down and have a good time. I'm going to tell you, they're probably not down there studying the Bible together. Maybe they are. You know, there, she is an allurement. She attracts. And once she gets to a generation of people, once she gets a generation changed, then the, then the generation after that is likely to follow unless that mom and dad wind up saying, wait a minute. I've been tricked. I've been duped. And we are going to change things right now. And I'm going to tell you how that is done. There's only one way. There is only one way to avoid her. All right. In the book of Proverbs. Going back to the book of Proverbs. <clears throat> My son. This is the sixth chapter. Keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thy heart. Tie them about thy neck. Now we're talking about a heavenly father right here and a covenant mother. All right, because God, you can't separate God and His wisdom. You can't do it. You can't separate the sunlight from the sun. It's, it's just simply there. God and His way cannot be separated. All right, so so when, when, you, when you see the word mother here, this is a, this is a system of wisdom. This is God's wisdom. And, 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 and Christ speaks of her in the female uh, uh, gender. Remember He said... Wisdom is justified of her children. Right? She has proven right of her children. When, when, when the Lord's children listen to this godly wisdom, and she is justified unto them, as if they can say, she is right. That's, that's saying God's right. That's saying God's right. When you say she's right, God's right. So, so remember, your heavenly Father, who has a system himself, that is called a woman. And we're going, to see, we're going to see how advantageous that is for us. So whatever she's... The, the commandments and the laws of God, you bind them about your heart and your neck. You do not get rid of them. Do not say they're outdated. Do not say they don't, they're not prevalent today. They don't belong here in America now. You know, whatever laws it is. You know, it's a good idea. Always a good idea to go back to the beginning. Uh, I, I, I did a wedding yesterday, and, and, the, and the Lord Jesus Christ, when He was approached by the Pharisees and the scribes about divorce and marriage, you know what He did? He took them to the beginning. He says, have you not read in the beginning? 
In the beginning, God made them male and female. In the beginning. You go back to the beginning of everything that God says, you're going to find the truth there. You go back to the beginning of His commandments, you're going to find the truth. Go back to the beginning of the church. You're going to find what it takes to be a member of the church. A, a, a full baptism of, of water immersion. That's in the beginning. Go back to the beginning. Don't listen to somebody who's taken the Word of God and twisted it out of joint so that it contradicts God's own Word. God will never be contradicted. All right. You bind them about your heart and tie them about your neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. All right. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. If you want the Word of God to talk to you, to keep you, to lead you, you bind them about you. Don't, don't bind the ones that just fit. Bind every one of them there, y'all. Bind them all. All the commandments of God. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. And reproofs of instructions are the way of life to keep thee from the evil woman. This is the only thing to keep you from her. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Do not lust after her beauty, though she looks so good. And everybody else is doing it. <clears throat> Do not lust after her beauty in your heart. Do not let her take thee with her eyelids. Don't let her flatter you. For, the, for by means of a horse woman is a man brought to a piece of bread. Now he's, 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 he, all of his wealth gone. All of his happiness gone. All of his peace is gone, Brother Cole. And the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. She will hunt you down. Then listen to this. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes be not burned? You ever heard that expression put a different way? Can you... You know, can you handle and play with fire and not get burned? No, you can't. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes be not burned? Can he go upon the hot coals and not burn his feet? No, he cannot. You cannot have this both ways. We cannot have this both ways. She is, a, listen, she goes after the precious life. She is, she is ruining, I'm talking about ruining the foundations of, that God has set and established on this earth as a way of life. Because people listen to her. That's why she... Listen, if people didn't listen to her, she wouldn't have any... She would have no hope. Because she's loud, she's stubborn, she, she, listen, she don't give up. She's at every corner. There's, there's a lot we learned about her. The only thing that makes us avoid her and keeps us from her are the commandments of God, the words of God. Because what God gives us saves us from ourselves. What God gives us keeps us in the light of His countenance, keeps us in His protecting hand, keeps us subjected to Him and not to her. You're going to subject yourself to one or the other. There's, there, 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 there's, there's really only two types of wisdom in this world. There's her and there's God. Which one are you going to listen to? Which one are you going to listen to? Which one's going to govern and guide you? Which, which one are you going to bind about your neck and say, this is the one I'm going with? 
God forbid. God forbid that that woman take a hold of any of us. Ever again. Again, I have, I have listened to her because she tells me what I want to hear. And I have suffered from her because I did what she told me to do. My only escape is the wisdom of God and his commandments and his laws that are a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. They will lead you to the kingdom of God. They'll lead you to the church. They'll lead you to baptism. They'll lead you to obedience. They'll lead you to humility. They'll lead you to, to uh, submissive to God. They'll lead you to a Christ-like life. You say, well, that's going to keep me from being popular. Might do it. That's going to keep me down in life. Might do it, y'all. Might do it. I'm not saying it won't. I'm saying, though, what you trade in her and give her up for, you're going to get in the things of Christ, which are more valuable than anything she has to offer. May God give us all the grace to be like King Asaph in the beginning of King Asaph's life. You know, it's a hard thing to rise up against mama, isn't it? <laughs> it's a hard thing to rise up against mama, yet that king took his mama from being queen and says, sit down. <laughs> you're, you're coming down from your throne because she had a vain idol, a vulgar one. A vulgar idol. So sometimes you have to rise up against family. Rise up against your friends. But I don't want to rise up against my friends. What if your friends are le- What if your friends are the woman? And they're making you that woman. What if you're saying the th- very things that you know are not right? Careful. Careful, y'all. Careful. Keep the words of God around you. It will save you from her. You will be a light in this world that Christ has intended for us to be. May God richly bless.